0: Hello, you are listening to a roundtable discussion podcast from the Buffy Rewatch Abridged Version, a lecture and screening series hosted at Vox Populi Gallery in Philadelphia throughout the month of October 2015. Each Sunday, we feature a season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we screen select episodes along with a lecture helmed within Buffy Academia, Followed by that, there's the roundtable discussion, where the lecturers from throughout the screening series discuss topics related to the screen episodes and the season as a whole. This week, we are listening to the roundtable for season five, where we discuss topics specific to the episodes Fool for Love and The Body. In addition to that, we do character development from throughout the season, followed by a Q&A with our wonderful audience. So let's give a listen, and thank you for tuning in. We'll be updating with a fresh podcast every week in October till we close this event series in November. We hope you, the Buffyverse, enjoy our discussion. Is our player? Um, the two episodes that we'll be talking about today are "Full uh, for Love" and "The Body," and then also, in addition to that, we'll be talking about character development um, from throughout the series, uh, not this well, season five in particular uh sometimes we go before and beyond season so spoilers uh, okay so <laughs> it's been over a decade watch the show <laughs> um so uh today we have at the round table starting over well james myers from the not nearly nerdy enough uh podcast and he is paired with his uh are you, do you go like co-host? Do you do you, are do
1: we co-hosts? I don't
2: know you never ever. Why we, wouldn't you be my co host I would be your co host but we never, really like, co hosted Yeah, we are co-hosts. Yeah, yeah, we co host. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Okay, yes. Ann Cornell <laughs> Can not, not Nearly Nerdy Enough. Yes. <laughs> I can't
0: um, recommend, It's a, it's an excellent podcast if you're here today and into television and particularly some other, <laughs> 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 like <laughs> Doctor Who they talk about and Supernatural and we, we did like a Buffy podcast as well, so a lot, a lot to listen to there. I highly recommend it. Uh, and then we have John McCabe right here, um, film and media studies major. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and creative writing teacher. <laughs> that was a long time ago.
3: <laughs> well, you graduated, and
0: congratulations, and now you're uh, And then we have Lynn Dorwald, who uh, lectured today. She's a librarian at the Wagner Free Institute of Science. Every time I say it, I feel like I'm going to mix up the, the uh, words. Like, I'm going to yeah, go, free, Wag- <laughs> wait, free Wagner Institute, <laughs> Wagner Free Institute. So It's a mouthful
4: to say. Yeah, it's also an excellent um,
0: <laughs> um, place here in Philadelphia. So, uh, And then my name is Beth Heinley and uh, I did the season one lecture. I'm a member here at Fox Popular Gallery, where we are hosting this entire screening. And uh, so let's get into it um so to start off we're going to start about the we're going to talk about the episodes in particular and the uh topic assignments that i gave everyone and uh in particular just as a reminder what we talk about are within a specific episode we talk about buffy fashion we talk about pop cultural references and then we talk about uh language because buffy the vampire slayer excellent writers, so there's a lot to talk about there. Um, so Fool for Love, that was the first episode we screened today, and we'll get started right off with um, my favorite of the topics, Buffy fashion. And we, we gave it to Megan, who has the blue. Um, <laughs> I'm having a willow moment, I wish I had the blue right now. Um, so I actually took some notes, and if you guys want to help fill in, and I'm going to like move this mic over doesn't matter you'll still hear you guys can still hear me yeah good okay great um so let's see what did i write down oh uh willow's floppy hat in the cemetery i like (laughs) is really cute like she's just adorable in that and it just like all of their costumes i feel like is kind of exaggerated comedically for that scene because yeah. Riley's in the graveyard being like super serious about hunting vamps and stuff like that. And and then the Scoobies are in the background eating chips, eating Dude, chips yeah. being
3: loud and he, obnoxious. You got like and Anya with her scarf, yeah, like constantly the scarf, yeah, things, like yeah. modeling.
2: I will say that as much as like, I know it was comedy and I think like no matter what, like Riley is gonna approach this in a much more serious and military manner than the Scoobies. Yeah. Turtleneck,
0: is, he's wearing a turtleneck.
2: This is true, yeah. But <laughs> I was always kind of annoyed by that scene because I'm like, the Scoobies have like been doing this for years (laughs) And they, like, filled in for Buffy whenever she would skip town. So it's like, it's not like they, like, they know more than to, like, stomp through a graveyard screaming and eating potato chips. So I kind of felt like But I feel like
5: the fact that they've done it for years is what makes them so casual Casual. about the (laughs) entire... Yeah, Yeah. it's just a Saturday night. Right. This is, like, (laughs) regular (laughs) stuff. Also, (laughs) does everyone, does anyone, does everyone know what that means? (laughs) She can't stop. (laughs) No, it actually (laughs) means hurry up. Oh. Oh, it means hurry up. Really?
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
5: Why wow, didn't Xander know?
0: Shouldn't he I, have I know? Wondered I wondered that, hair, actually, because oh, I goodness. know it from watching, like, war yeah. movies. Probably military so. training. Yeah, yeah. And he should have known. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and also, you were talking about Anya's skirt. They also accentuate her with the purse in those yes. scenes. She's very mm-hmm. comedic with her purse because it's, like, this ridiculous thing to come to bring with you for hunting vampires. Yeah. Um, Anya
3: and Anya well, kind of pulls, like, a thin man kind of deal with that. Like, the old, like, you know the 30s detective woman like with the purse and the, you know, like <laughs> yeah. fixing her hair and the scarf and thing.
0: Yeah. though, that's very good. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Could I also ask why Buffy was wearing like this long scarf? Like, I mean, it ultimately wasn't her downfall in the beginning. I was like, why? Why would you do that? That's your asking that's like going <laughs> like, you know, yes. to like, be used <laughs> against get you. Choked. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. But.
0: Um, And then into the vampire uh, that gets Buffy in the beginning. Okay, thank God. uh, I was was like, are you going to go through this whole thing and not discuss
5: that guy? (laughs) Because that's the first thing on my list. He's
0: like comedically, like the anarchy spray painted on his jacket. It's hot pink.
5: He's got got a hot pink anarchy sign on the back of his leather jacket. He's got slash hair and a Clash (laughs) t-shirt.
3: That's why, he was able, is he? that's why he was able to beat Buffy because he was the real Slayer, right? Uh, whatever, yeah. <laughs> like a fucking extra
5: roadie from Poison.
0: <laughs> um, well, whatever. Spike's
5: punk rock, right? So, but and, he does it well. But but yes. was that guy punk rock or was he hair metal He was metal a poser. He was, he was a total hair metal. Poser. That's yeah. yeah, okay. He was confused, I felt.
0: Anyway, I mean he was. Yeah. yeah, he was having a punk rock identity crisis. Yeah. I
5: wasn't sure if it was one of those like we're gonna put a punk rocker in this, but like, does anyone know what do, what do punk rockers look yes. like? <laughs> like
6: you know, one of those things where they don't like, really know do what punk rockers look like. So. He was
0: like comedically over, like dressed in that way to kind of be like how ridiculous it is that he nearly killed Buffy. Yeah, I think the, so. no, I think so you know, so it's like, yeah.
3: Buffy even lampshades it. She says, "You know, like fashion has come a long way since you died." Yeah. I will also point out, as
5: much as I'm making fun of him, he looks exactly like a person in real life uh, who hangs out at the King of Prussia Mall. <around>. There are, there's a um, guy my in, entire high school. There, do you know Acid Adam? No.
0: A guy no, that I don't know around the mall. I obviously didn't hang out.
5: Alright, that there. guy is the vampire version of Acid Adam. Oh, oh, wait, is he the guy
3: who's Yeah. Door. Oh my god, I didn't know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He wears leather jackets and chains. Yes. And drops around the mall. Oh, yeah, right. added, yeah. No, you're totally right. That's who it was. Do
2: you think
5: he's still there? When oh, yeah. Go, oh, absolutely. If he's not dead, he's still there.
2: So there's no Sun Coast anymore. What does he work Or is maybe he it's on undead. topic now?
5: Yeah. Yeah. The last time I saw him and talked to him, he worked at one of the local hotels. I mean, well, technically That's for awesome. me it was That's more for, I'm Springfield Mall, stay Grand Rod. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: okay, moving along to fashion. Well we with Spike's flashbacks, we get the Victorian <laughs> um, fashion as well. And it's also it's high society London, so Fancy, you know, sparty
3: types. I said this. I said this before up here, but Spike kind of like in his dress, kind of gen, gender bends a little bit. You know, like he's got mm-hmm. he's got the eyeliner a lot, but he's also he, he puts on his woman's the woman's coat. Um, is that a I woman's coat? I well, yeah, he, yeah,
0: he gets it from a female. That doesn't he's
3: necessarily very, mean it's a woman's coat. Though. It's true, but he's a very slight man.
5: Yes, you yeah. know, I, 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 think I think it, kind of think it is a woman's coat. Because that was actually one of my fashion questions. Her in that coat, that outfit that she's wearing, the it's, coat yeah. actually seemed like an aft, like a weird, like I found this on somebody else's dead body. <laughs> no, I totally Damn. got it. I didn't feel like it went with that outfit.
0: Accentuated yeah. by the music, they were going for like Jackie Brown, Shaft. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, so I totally got that the in the rest jacket, of what she's doing, I feel like, nah. but it
5: was like too big and too flowy and a little t- like you it know it what I mean. I, I felt like it would have been a little more like, fitted with her.
2: She was like what, like okay, we learn later. She's like what, single mom, New York yeah. in the '70s, so like this could have been a thrift find for her. Is just maybe. A yeah. it wasn't but weird. didn't isn't like, part Shaft's part. like yeah. iconic
0: thing the leather jacket? Yeah, yeah. So I really think that was on purpose
5: that she was wearing it for them to be like. I have It's so this, the 70s. I don't know yeah, if exactly. this totally goes 70s. into a fashion question, but I feel like it does. <sighs> uh-huh. And I, I know we have a lot of spike people in the room. So I I want to hear, like, what is our optimum spike? Is it Billy Idol. You, Billy it, Idol. It, yeah. It's, uh, Billy, it's Billy Idol. Yes. Yeah. Spike. Yeah. Spike not, like this episode. Not Bobby on him, train. Grant.
6: Yeah. Spike. No. Oh.
0: But oh. also, you. Brought to mind because uh, forever I've been like why is his hair so floppy and you just pinned it right there they were probably making fun of
5: Hugh Grant they were doing a Hugh Grant oh thing. my <laughs> god that's totally probably what they were doing no, but there's also so there's there's <laughs> the, there's there's platinum <laughs> slick back spike but I like platinum also, slick also there's platinum <laughs> <And> the curly haired <inaudible> mussy <inaudible> spike yeah.
3: Really close, yeah oh I, like the like lessons like the first Victoria's episode of season like, seven like,
0: Thumbs down. Well, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh,
4: his little rat tail. His little hocus pocus child. And well,
0: (laughs) well, and then there's also a crazy spike in
6: the basement. Yeah, we're not going to get into, but the the hair there. It was
0: refreshing. It was nice to see it all tousled and not freshly dyed. But Mm -hmm. I'm more. I'm more. I like the slick tight. You like the platinum slick back? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever he's not wearing those
4: bowler shirts, like the bright red number when he was in South America in that episode, I didn't. Uh I didn't need that. So Mm. whenever it's a more simple. Yeah, yeah. I'm with yeah, black
0: t-shirt and yeah. Jeans, leather jacket from the sweater. Yeah. And. Uh, I like him with his shirt off mostly.
6: So uh, <laughs> then, then we're gonna. Well,
0: I I did have Spike on here because he was like super punk in, in that scene. He had the safety pins. He had the buttons. He had yeah. like all the. Yeah.
2: Although isn't that like two different genres? Like was that more like eighties and he's like fighting somebody in the seventies allegedly? So I don't know. Maybe well, punk like really came about. Yeah, that kind yeah, of culture
5: came about. Seventy three, seventy four. Yeah. Okay, well,
2: but the whole like safety Punk pin. versus Irish roots right oh yeah yeah. like yeah um
5: but i also
0: was saying i was like this is a stretch i was like were they trying to do like a costume crossover from 1880 to 1980 like comparisons throughout the episode that's a stretch but um that was just one of my little thingies (laughs) Uh, okay so to conclude let's let's conclude fashion because i think we're good but to conclude I would like to say at the very end of the episode with Spike and Buffy on the porch that their costumes, their their outfits were very <laughs> similar. And I feel like it was starting to, within that scene, um, definitely bring more and more connections between the two characters. They're, and I'm not saying it's like technically like, oh, they're rom- <laughs> going to be romantically involved or anything like that. I just feel like uh, the costume choice like was
3: deliberate. <laughs> their yeah. movements were the same too. They both kind of breathed in at the same time. You know, yeah. it's, oh,
2: oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I only
3: noticed it now for the first time.
2: Yeah, the episode
3: when it happens when you bond with someone. Yes. again. Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> and it, if, you, if you have
5: more fashion things to talk about, you can talk about it. But what you're yeah, talking yeah. about right here yes. transitions very solidly into a pop culture reference. Ooh. That. Well, let's go into the pop culture. Yeah. Why we don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I did. I did actually homework this time. Yeah. This, time. Yeah. this, yeah. Time. this <laughs> is this yeah. episode is is called "A Fool for Love." Does mm-hmm. is anyone familiar with the Sam Shepard play? No. No. There is a Sam Shepard play yeah. named no, 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 oh, called no. "A Fool for Love," um, and in that play, the two protagonists are um, uh, Eddie and May. Uh, they're. They hate each other, but they're obsessed with each other. They're former lovers, yes. oh. and it turns out they're also brother and sister in a weird, twisty. Yeah, Wars. yeah, it's total, it's total <laughs> fucked up shit. Too. But it is the the play is about these two people who are obsessed with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, their attraction actually makes them both hate one another because of the attraction, mm-hmm. but they can't possibly leave one another, and they're. Fucked up.
6: Very, very intentional. Yeah,
5: I like that. Absolutely.
4: Can I throw something in just about like it's not necessarily pop culture, but these two episodes juxtapose when you really think about like the use of people of color in this show, which is really, really infrequent. But Mm -hmm. both of the slayers that they flash back to, who are like who like don't say anything and we never learn anything about, are both like women of color. And then also Don's friend, who I don't remember ever seeing in any other episode, it's just like a random yeah, yeah random this is person it for color. her. So it's just yeah. almost like throwing him in, you know. And like I felt that way was the same with like Kendra the earlier. Absolutely, so. you know,
3: it's, it's yeah. I noticed when, that too. When oh, we like, first started yeah. meeting throwing about her. this and talking about this, that was that was kind of like for me the flaw with the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <that one. laughs> um, but yeah, it's the. It, and, and, and the other problem is we find out that the, the character in the seventh season who actually is a person of color who does get lines and does get his own story. And gets some. And yes. gets some. <laughs> happens to be related to the character yeah, that we meet today, okay. yeah. which is a little problematic for me. like But, hey... Mm-hmm. You know. Wait, why is that problematic? Yeah. Why is it problematic? Yeah, because the guess. implication
5: yeah. that all black people are related? Or? Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh,
3: that's yeah. a problematic implication. I mean, I, I, <laughs> didn't, I wouldn't
5: have taken that implication. I would have just taken it as this show is constantly intertwining people. Hello, how frick? Alfred is, is Cecilie I like, know it's like true like there is I know it, they're constantly yeah. weaving people in and out of these storylines who know one another and that's yeah.
2: true and it, I think it is double edged because I agree with you there is that like some people are like wow it's remarkable it's like if you can have like two people of color like on a show and it's like they're not romantically involved and they're not I'm
6: fairly yeah. confident yeah. Josh yeah,
5: Whedon like, knows all black people are not related and know one another <laughs> but
2: I know mean, Exactly. I, then he needs to that's write a that to reasonable.
5: Us, <laughs> yes. Well. Yeah. I mean, like, no.
0: I think it's just bottom line, like what television still is today, yeah. which well, lacks so diversity. In Carolina, there's no
6: Latino people. Yeah. Well, Dawn has oh, yeah. one.
0: The one of her friends is um, Latino yeah. in the first episode of season so, seven, like, one episode time. one. Yeah, yeah, one time. And yes. they like, you think he's going to continue on and. That's it. Like, that's, and that's actually yeah. Dawn's friends are always like that. I, I, does Dawn have friends? They're always like in and out all the time. There's
5: um, Janice, yeah. but we only. Well, nobody likes Yeah, <laughs> that's
3: <laughs> true.
2: Uh, yeah. Dawn. They probably fake their deaths too. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's also last season. I actually did a character development for Forrest because he's one of the first like black characters that is a catalyst and moves along the storyline, but then turns like evil, completely evil towards the end. So. I mean, that's somewhat of an improvement, but what? Do we pat someone on back for
3: that? No. The but. show passes the, the Bechdel test, but it doesn't pass this test. You're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And um, that,
5: yeah, uh, we, we brought it up. I mean, it's true. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. like. <laughs> all um, <right>. I can <laughs> diffuse all of this racial tension by getting onto sillier pop culture references, if that helps. Okay. That's
0: exactly why they're there. Okay. What about Tito's potato chips? I told totally ah! you that. Down too. Okay, that
5: bag is clearly a Lay's bag that uh-huh. they've redesigned. Yeah. I can't. I guess I they couldn't get. It was,
2: get... Ruffles. I think it was, it was Ruffles. Ruffles. Was it Ruffles? Yes, I, Ruffles. I remember when I looked, yeah.
5: I found the Lay's bag with that kind of I think, it's, of the, I think Ruffles it's Ruffles. The
2: blue the blue swoop at the, the top and yeah. the yeah. of the bottom. No, of the Lays, 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 Lay's bags
5: have a very also similar design. Lays Some of the older ones. Yes. I, yeah. I found pictures
6: where it looked like a All right, well, we All can right. talk about... But cheese. anyway, that's... Well, can, can, it. You knock, can you
5: not... Can you not... Is it that hard to just get the rights to the Ruffles bag? For no, that's
0: that? pretty normal. Yeah. yeah.
5: How they have to, like, make now uh, fake things. No,
0: it's
4: less <laughs> chips.
6: Right. Less not chips. chips.
0: Um, well, yeah, Tito's was invented by the uh, writers as a brand, and it actually reoccurs throughout. Oh, Bob. is that a recurring it's brand? A, it's a joke about product placement within... TV. Uh, I don't I ever remember that. seeing it before either. So now I'm going to have to. Keep it. No, it's. I, I looked it up. Okay. All right.
5: Uh, but since we're talking about snack foods, okay. I, I like uh, that Buffy wants her expiration date to be much, much like further she- from here. <laughs> Like, like a cheeto.
6: Like a cheeto.
5: <laughs>
2: that was yeah. cheetos. don't have that long of an expiration date. At least not the ones that I'm seeing.
6: Oh, yeah, she, oh, she should have went with <laughs> Yeah, preservatives and yeah. things, though. So. They are. I'm not claiming
2: it's good for you. But, but I don't that doesn't sound as good to say. It's yeah.
5: Just, um, yeah, so as far as other pop culture references, the total full-on slow walk while things burn behind you is, mm-hmm. like, how many times has that been used over and over again? But for it's like so good. This is a bunch yeah. of Yeah, movies. this is a good, oh, is a good yeah. Well, no, but it's, that's what I mean. It's a total pop culture I mean, reference.
4: Like, that, actually, that whole China part, I if any of you have seen, like, one of the old Ninja Turtles movies where they go to ancient China, it uh, yeah. i me seen oh, that, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, we're in China for no reason. Yeah. Chinese
2: people running about. Kind of like, it spikes Michelangelo, maybe. I right. Well, I mean, at least they
5: got maybe that right. So they <laughs> found Chinese people to be in China. Yeah. So, well, so then
3: okay. I have to i have to say that this episode um, was on the same night and correspondent with the Angel episode that had Darla. Been, yeah. Yeah. A lot of the yeah. same footage, including right because
5: see. they did that right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they also did that, like when Drusilla says she smells fear. Yeah, like we find out later, this is after Angel's gotten his soul back, yeah. and there's actually a family hiding back there. Right. And he is trying to divert them away from finding that family. And I don't know if that's a pop culture reference. It's another show. It's pop culture. It's another show, and it's just like, happens to be uh, also yeah. Joss Whedon. Right? Did I miss any others? That uh, uh, are on your list? No,
0: I just I just wanted to talk about Tito's. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, but, oh, did you have any more pop culture for No, for I think love? that's my list. Um, okay, well, let's move on to language, which was me. There you go. Uh, for Fool for Love. Uh, so as far as language, we have a good old Buffy quipping with a vampire in the beginning, which I love. Uh, uh, and she says, did you smell this bad when you were alive? Because if it's a post-mortem thing, then boy, is my face red. <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, and just as, you know language, like breaking up the violence with jokes, always a good time. Uh, and then moving on through the episode we, uh, Buffy says no major organs got kebobbed and that's using a noun as a verb there's a lot of inversion throughout the episode which is like a Shakespearean by the way how is that possible aren't there intestines yeah. there yeah. or something or, <laughs> like a stomach was, lining I guess it was like a flesh wound maybe it didn't go that deep it looked like it, it was, was a lot of pretty deep yeah Buffy went missed in.
2: a lot of school so he'll asleep a lot so you know she just probably missed it.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. then, yeah <laughs> Like
2: actually,
0: you did. But <laughs> Just the uh, appendix. Whatever, it's TV. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dawn uses the word sex capades. She's such a dork. And, <laughs> and then she also follows that with. The, the common phrase of the 90s, who's the man, you the man. And which led me into, oh, idioms, da-da-da-da-da. Led me into where, <laughs> what, where does, like, who's the man, you the man come from? And I actually went down the internet rabbit hole. and Oh, dear Lord. And I couldn't find an origin. Really? Yeah, I couldn't. Um, so the, the term of using the man as in the boss um, dates back to 1918. Uh, There's a Marvin Gaye song entitled You're the Man, Uh, so that's 1972, and then 1993, there's a thriller comedy called Who's the Man, starring MTV, Yo MTV rap stars Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. There's also a House of Pain song, Who's the Man, but none of these claim to be like the the origin of where this, and it's a it's a common like phrase through the 90s that people like started using. There was one thread that I read that was really funny. Like one person was freaking out, like, I don't know, I don't know, it was before the internet. Like and they were like freaking out like that. This, so it's like an oral history type of thing. Yeah. So, but then this led me to where who's the man came from, you the man uh, is, uh, let's see used in golf to express admiration for taking over the man. Uh, so it's actually a golf, golfing spectator phrase saying you to man when somebody strikes uh, uh, the golf ball well. And how where that comes from is uh, it, it's, uh, admir- admir- so it's, it's from the Dutch expressed uh, anger towards the English and Scots for stealing the game of golf from their heritage until a Dutch, Dutch golfer oh, wow. by the name of Julrich D. Mann Came on the scene <laughs> in the 1920s. That is the most. Mega I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> we,
6: and when decades, decades
0: later, the expansion of the Ryder Cup broke Britain's stronghold, pulled on the game. So also, Yulrich, his nickname was you. Uh, okay. so, so, knowledgeable go- European golf fans show the their appreciation for an ever outstanding brought ball striking with U D man. And uh, that perfect. there concludes the argument. No, I serious. I, I went serious, serious, all over serious. and I, there was like, there was ESPN articles on Udemand. Like I, it wasn't like I oh, went all over the, the place. Yeah, year. no, I, this was like I, one I, of them
6: I, I thought I, the same applaud, thing when I
5: read it. I was like, it's got like references of scholarship. But when I hear that phrase in my head, for some reason and I don't even have a frame of reference for it, there's no like scene in a movie or line that I can remember this happening. Yeah. But I can't picture anyone other than Bradley Cooper saying that to somebody. <laughs> there you and go. And referring to himself about it. That's, that's So as far so as i makes sense. that's Bradley Cooper's line for some yeah. reason.
0: Um... Well, anyway, uh, so that's the uh, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so then we got back to some a lot of the inversion, the Shakespeare. So this full for love too is an origin of Spike. So Spike the poet. So there's a lot of poetry going on.
5: And um, actually, but, since we've been talking about Angel, mm-hmm. he reads that poem in, in the, the last, last episode of Angel, yeah. the full Love. He poem. does. Oh he my does, my goodness. and
3: gets an applause for. It. He does. that's. I don't believe that part.
5: No, the last ever angel.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, just to start off, to, to start the spike um, section of the language, um, I think it starts off well with the way he talks to the waiter. I'm in the very spirit of vexation. What's another word for gleaming? Um, and so, okay, I have Spike's poem here, because of course- Well,
5: this is evidence of how bad a poem he is, that he can't think of a rhyme for gleaming. Well, or that,
0: I mean, he's so caught up with rhyming, um, but my heart expands, tis grown a bulge in it, inspired by your beauty, effulgent. (laughs) So, that's horrible, and also, I think he's misplacing the adjective there to be, like, clever or whatever, but it's just horrible. Um... So, moving on here. So, English accents. So, we're also learning about uh, how Spike speaks. And he's obviously a part of, Spike is a part of the upper class um, before being a vampire. And then his accent changes. And we also have, the, we have Angel's very horrible. Yeah. Very, very horrible Irish accent. And I had an English hey,
2: yeah. I don't know. I and like yes, it's I mean, pretty
0: bad too. I get it. <laughs> it's a bad <bit laughs> wig. So, um, the uh, yeah, basically, if you want to do an Irish accent, I had an Englishman tell me once that all you have to do is say hurly, furly, hurly, furly, hurly, furly, three times fast. And then next thing you know, it's all top of the morning to you. Yeah. And there you go. And that's all you have to do. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so... Anyway, but then Spike, as his character changes, his accent changes. And I feel like he takes on the Cockney English accent to be, like, tough. That's, like, his way, his interpretation of um, whatever. Because, I mean, I can imagine being a rich person walking through the streets of London. He's afraid of the lower-class citizens mugging him,
3: like, as Drusilla comes up. Um, So, did I? Well, he changes his his accent. He changes his name, the way he dresses, his hair, everything. Yeah. Just, just in, in an episode. And talking soft. about him
5: being soft, I apologize. This isn't a language thing. Yeah, but I feel like that was the least violent and most gentle vampire conversion uh, conversion I've ever seen in that show. Ow, ow! Right, like, <laughs> she literally, just very softly, is like, I'm
2: just going to do this a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, I always felt like that was pretty much like a lot of uh, vampire uh, you know, bites in this show are kind of like a sex metaphor. <laughs> it was like his...
5: Oh, his, yeah, but like his, that his, like, one was particularly yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. broke...
2: <laughs> yeah, whatever. yeah, and it, it eventually became almost like an orgasmic experience for yeah. him. So do, do we know what... The, like, the things
4: that Drusilla says, are they like the King of Cups, this...
2: Well, the king, that's a tarot tarot
4: card. So, like, the things that she says make, like, if I dug into things that she says, would I find that they made any sense? Or are they just, like... That one I didn't look up,
0: because that just sounded... I was like, I'm I'm not even going to do that. I don't know. I know it's a tarot card. I don't know uh, what it means. Um, But when she first meets Spike, also, Drusilla definitely, before she was made a vampire, it's implied that she was psychic. So yeah. she's definitely highly intuitive and whatever. When she first meets Spike, like she's like reading his mind, like she's able whatever. So that makes a lot of sense. Like so, it what makes what it makes you do is like every time Drew speaks, you're like, "All right, I know she's crazy, but yeah, you, but it does mean something at least to her. Yeah, there's yeah. something whatever in there. She's but she's kind of not very good at Looking you know.
5: But yeah, you what? should go yeah, like down that, that like, internet rabbit hole and find out about yeah, the Yeah, go for it. I was throat exhausted
0: throat. after you, yeah. No, i <laughs> to do with
5: golf.
0: <laughs> um, but that brings away. me to Drew's, I want to talk about Drew's wonderful pickup line. Um, because it's like a Drusilla way of saying, "Did you fall from heaven?" Because yeah. she meets Spike and she goes, "I wonder what possible catastrophe came crashing down from heaven and brought this dashing stranger, dashing stranger, to tears." And that's compared to, "Did it hurt when you fell from heaven?" But it's like the Drusilla version. Totally. So she's totally um, putting the moves on Spike immediately, <laughs> and he's an idiot. She's he's like, he's eloquent. like nothing. Then Just yeah. want to cry Visual by myself on my like. ball hay. <laughs> <laughs>
5: What did you say? I said she's a bit more eloquent than your usual frappe. Yeah, did you fall from heaven, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but before that, when Cecily, I wanted to talk about foreshadowing in language, which is used a lot in this episode and throughout Buffy. Um, foreshadowing in this la- in language for this episode is Cecily saying, you're beneath me, which ends the episode with Buffy saying, you're beneath me. So that's some foreshadowing there. Uh And then we were talking, I mean, when Cecily meets Spike, there's a lot of psychic energy. I was making fun of the way Spike was saying Al when he got bit. I wrote that down as funny. Um, And then talking about death within, um, uh, talking about death with the undead in language. So we have Riley um, talking about going back to kill the vampires in the morning, and he says, We can kill them just as dead in the morning. And that's actually a really complicated sentence that I go, I have to reread a bunch of times, like, yeah, killed them justice because they're already dead. And like, yeah. You know. And then <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart. Um, no. And then there's uh, Spike w- saying getting killed made me feel alive for the very first time. Uh, so that's like a oxy opposite using opposite meanings and the idea of getting killed as being alive. Uh on to this, uh, with, well, so I found out the Chinese slayer who's killed in this episode, um, the first slayer we see killed, her name's Zin Rong, um, which I found out because I went looking for her. I wanted to know more about this slayer, and her character is actually expanded more in the comic book series. Um, so, just a little, that's her name, cause, you know. Um, and also, the other thing that's different with the DVD, DVD playing versus Netflix, and I can't remember from TV, but there's no subtitle. Oh, yeah, you get yeah. the subtitle yeah, on what she, on she says. That's only right. on the DVD. Oh, so does
5: the comic book, like, flush out the why she was
3: apologizing to her mother? Uh,
0: yeah, she was, well, she's just very close, she's very family-oriented Slayer, you know. Which is really I,
3: so. interesting, because we've been talking about how Buffy was the only family-oriented Slayer.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe it could seem that way. I guess maybe like from 1800s to the 1900s, people yeah. forget. But yeah, yeah. like, it, it, you know, maybe they were like, oh, you get in trouble if you're too family oriented. So maybe there was a movement away from right. that and Buffy's Well bringing it back. Yeah. Nikki had a son. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. yeah.
0: Um, well, so which I good. thought was problematic when Spike was like, she had no attachments as well, because we all know that yeah. Robin that, Woods is going to be there soon. Yeah. They exactly. um, know that then. <laughs> no. oh, as per usual,
5: Spike is kind of talking out of his ass for a lot of <laughs> yeah, the Yeah. True.
0: Well, you know. <laughs> and so it's he Johnson. can. Yes, it's a very cute yeah. ass. Um, <laughs> a, it's a very tight little body. Uh, so Come back out of the room. Anyway, record. sorry. I'm <laughs> um, it, but in any case, that. Messed up my theory when I, we saw the subtitle because I was thinking that they were having her speak Chinese and not using subtitles so we can understand as a as a writing dis- device, which is um, disassociation. Yeah. So they do that in *Restless* when Giles and um, Anya are speaking in French okay. in um, in Willow. I mean in Xander's dream, and basically disassociation is used to block a traumatic happening or you know. Thing happening in your life or whatever, daydreaming can. I didn't be even a form think of, of that. I thought of it
5: more as this is Spike's story. You're hearing Spike's version, mm-hmm. and he doesn't speak Chinese, so it yeah, almost no, doesn't matter a, to him what yeah. she said. That's
0: a good point too. Like I did not read any articles on it or anything like that. Well, uh, I, I just wanted to theorize and talk about. I remember it. seeing that so, subtitle
3: when it first aired.
0: Oh really? Yeah, so they have. That, okay. that
3: was definitely there. I think uh-huh. Netflix and Netflix will show it if you if you put it on
6: subtitles. It's just well Netflix duh Well, no, but <laughs>
3: actually, wait, no, no, hold up, that's Netflix. not
6: true because they
0: won't. Because I did, I was watching when I did the rewatch for language. I watched it with subtitles, and they just said Chinese speaking. Oh, Literally, really? that's yeah. what Netflix did that's when that so scene weird. happened. That's so weird. So, I was, like, so they they I was like, so at that moment, I was like, they they just like they do it the same
2: like in. They're just, like, black speech or, like, dark speech, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh. Yeah. They w- um, they're not going to translate anything that they say. Also, dis-
0: disassociations used to relieve boredom, too, so maybe. Yeah. Yeah. TV's got to do that. Anyway, uh, let's move on real quick just to finish this up. Uh, eh, a lot of inversion. We'll just move on. Uh, self-referential language in Buffy, death is your art. Spike says that to Buffy, the, the first Slayer. Says that to Buffy. Um, then Spike, being super Shakespeare, as he's uh, going through uh, when he like starts the lesson with, Bu- with Buffy, he says lesson the one, which is inversion, and lesson the second. And then uh, when he ends the lesson, he goes and en-, he ends with here endeth the lesson. So that was definitely a Shakespeare reference. Um, and then uh, the poetic device from Drew. To, to finish the episode uh, was You taste Like Ashes when she's talking about um, being with Spike. And I thought it was interesting as Lynn like brought up that um, same thing as um, with Joss talking about death on the show. Um, so, anyway, that concludes language. Cool. Hooray. End of the lesson. The, That's yeah, the end of the end lesson. lesson. <laughs> um, well, so now... Uh, we go into the body. Oh boy. Um, which is the body is like what, the fifteenth episode of season I five? Fourteenth? It Sixteenth? 16th? 16th? Yeah. Uh, it's towards the end. Yeah. So uh, we'll go into fashion, which is gonna be John. You're welcome. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> fashion and the
3: Body. So yeah, when I when I when I first figured out that I was going to have to do fashion for this, um I thought it was really inappropriate, but then I thought you know this, this episode uses fashion as a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's really there's two things I really want to talk about. One is is Joyce and Willow, and the other is Joyce and Buffy. Um, so we have the scene, of course, where Willow is trying on all of her clothing, which is the obvious fashion um, touchstone for this. And it, it right before that happens, we see Joyce's clothing being cut off. You know, Joyce is, is um, her body is kind of laid out and she's stripped and it's very real. It's that that brutal realism of this episode. And immediately we go into Willow kind of trying to uncover, or trying to cover up that. You know, Willow kind of, she's going into all these different things to kind of, it seems like she's trying to, to buffer herself, like she's trying to disassociate, like you said. Um, and it's not really until Tara kind of like breaks through that and says, you know, we can deal with this and we have to deal with this, that Willow kind of realizes, okay, well, maybe she starts to realize maybe these clothes don't, don't really mean anything. And then once they have that physical touchstone of, of Xander that you pointed out, she doesn't really care anymore about her clothing, but she still does because she's not ready to deal with this yet. She goes back, she grabs the other one, she's, she's still worried about it. But um, kind of bookending that with Joyce first being stripped and then secondly, we see her on the, on the, uh, the slab with just the sheet on. You know, it's just like this, the, the reality mixed with trying to get away from that reality, the dissociation. The other thing I wanted to talk about was when we first see Joyce in the beginning of the episode, my reaction to that, and I remember when this first came on, I wasn't sure what was happening. I didn't, like even at the end of the previous episode, <laughs> I don't know if I was like in denial about it, but I, I, I didn't think that she was dead. I thought maybe she was paused for some paranormal reason or something. It just didn't even occur to me that she was just dead because that hadn't really happened yet. Um, You hadn't gotten to know Joss Whedon yet. Yeah. (laughs) See, the thing is, I knew Joss Whedon very well. Like, and it still surprised me. And it still surprised me because, yeah, I I think the reason why is because when we see Joyce, one of the reasons why is when we see Joyce, she doesn't, she does look caused. She doesn't look dead. She doesn't look disheveled. Her hair is in place. She's in an awkward position, but she's not. Her eyes are wide open. Her eyes are open, but we see her for a second. You know. But and I mean, I
1: think in TV a lot, they close eyes to signify yes, death. Yes, exactly. And this entire, like, Joyce's eyes are never closed. Yeah. They're not. The entire episode, okay. even mm-hmm. at the very end, in the morgue, her eyes are wide open. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And it's not until Buffy kind of, like, we see on Buffy's face that she's dead. That's when we learn that she's dead, when Buffy, you know, kind of turns her head and, and, and says, Mommy. And then, then we realize, oh, and then, then I realized, you know, that she's probably dead. The other thing about it is, up until maybe the fifth season, Buffy is consistently beautiful, whether she's, you know, fighting vampires or doing whatever. She's like always the Maybelline girl. In season five, and particularly in this episode, we see her sweaty, pasty, pale lips. Her dress is like askew and we're not seeing cleavage like this was in your reading like we're seeing but like collarbone you know she's slumped over on her chair like it's it's the opposite of fashion the opposite of glamour and that's what really struck me about this episode was that we're not we're seeing something that is more real than we normally see on television I
1: have a fashion comment about that Yeah. Um, That I thought that it was very interesting that Buffy was so worried about her hem. Yeah. And that she wanted to make sure that she looked a certain way before the paramedics came in. And that seemed very real
0: to me. Like, like, I don't know, I feel like if I was in that position that maybe I would worry about
6: that, too. And
5: that you would, want us to fix that for you if we ever about you? Yes, please. It's kind of like, this is her mom, like, she can't have her
2: skirt right Right, right. I mean, Yeah, no. Always yeah, coming in the It house. just kind yeah, of it's true. goes back to that <laughs> yeah. whole thing, like, always wear clean underwear, because you never know when the paramedics are going to
1: be, like, clean yeah, clean yeah. Clean <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. Um,
0: so, I, I just thought that was an interesting
5: <clears throat> I want to loop back to what you were talking about with the uh, Joyce and Willow, with them cutting her clothes off and Willow constantly trying on clothes and you said they were eventually coming to the understanding of none of this mattered but interestingly i was looking at it as like willow was obsessing over what each of the clothes said and meant because they do say something and mean something yeah and in this instance we're taking away joyce joyce's ability you don't get to say anything anymore joyce you don't have any expression to make yeah we're taking that away
3: from you because you're dead it's true it's true what well, Willa does say why do why does all my clothing have stupid stuff on it or whatever yeah which it it's true it kind of does like yeah. willow, right. willow dresses because that's what yeah. you dress, willow But I yeah. thought that, that that's, what I, that's, what I, that's what I when I was watching it that was
5: the connection that I made was like like we're taking away your clothes willow is obsessing over what do
3: all these clothes mean and what do they yeah. say they don't mean anything for Joyce anymore Yeah Annie mm-hmm. even asks am I expected to continuously change my clothing
2: yeah, it's like well, I guess like because that's the first like you know she's seen like human grief um in its first form ever and she doesn't yeah. really know like what is she supposed to be doing, like oh this is what people do like they <laughs> change your <their> clothes this a lot like you cry and yeah, yeah you change your clothes so this is what you think you
0: have to do yeah so well and I like the comment you brought up Lynn in your lecture that Joss like that Willow scene Joss wrote as thinking in his personal experience going out to buy having a, to find a black tie a black tie yes. for, yeah. I think it was
1: actually his mother's funeral yeah, oh, yeah I yeah. think so yeah, too it was.
2: Yeah. Wow. I feel like that, that was the kind of like the inspiration that's what that's, that's yeah. what he
1: obsessed over like yeah. when his mother died he like for some reason in his mind like the most important thing was having a black tie to wear yeah,
5: yeah. So we can all avoid this stress later in life by right now asking
3: your parents, what do you want me to wear to your funeral? And then just have that outfit ready.
6: Yeah,
0: Or vice versa, because you never yeah, know. You know. Yeah. Right. But then the,
3: the one other thing is that the the vampire, the very uh, visceral vampire attack at the end. Vampire is nude. Um, which just gave it another oh, yeah. level of reality. Mm-hmm. You know, we see his Y incision and and um, <laughs> You know, Buffy knees him in the groin when he's nude, which is definitely another level of hurty.
6: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, the, I the thought same. that was the yeah. first
5: thing that struck me, too, was that that guy's nude, because yeah. like, Dawn turns around and is confronted with... It's like, yeah, is that the first time she's she seen a naked not, yeah, guy? Not only because confronted if it is, that sucks. She's also
1: confronted with like right, a nude seeing this naked man. Oh, yeah. and this
5: reminds me of another thing that I and, and I'm going to apologize now because this might be taking a little bit of the seriousness out of it. Um, that episode starts with those flowers from Brian, mm-hmm. and they clearly had a good date. Um, I'm assuming the underlined lovely means that they, yeah. I don't know, had sex or something. Yeah. Joyce left her bra at the restaurant. Right, yeah. right, right, <laughs> on the dessert tray. But then, yeah. Not, yeah. but then Joyce died. Right. <laughs> what a like, Brian well, just uh, had this awesome date, uh, <laughs> got lucky, and then she. And now died. the funeral center so so will done. be used I for know. a funeral. Oh,
2: like, yeah, her, it was so amazing. She had an aneurysm after that. She was like, but I mean, like, like that's kind I mean she it sucks for
5: everybody in this episode, but I just kept thinking, like, she holy like, fuck! Imagine Brian.
2: She was like, Brian, that was the most mind blowing night I've ever
6: had. <laughs> oh, I'm <God. laughs> oh, sorry. Well, and Joyce will be getting yeah, yeah. a lot more flowers. Like, and who's going to yeah, call exactly. Brian and yeah. tell him?
3: Yeah. Somebody yeah, has uh, to tell Well,
6: yeah.
2: I don't know. When he
0: calls That's a good question. Guy. That is like something well, that you have to deal with. When
2: yeah.
6: uh, Giles can tell Brian. Oh, Giles. Giles? Yeah,
2: yeah,
5: yeah gonna, he'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Giles. Because yes. they're
6: Eskimo brothers, um, Yeah. <laughs> 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 Wow. Um, So, uh, we're good with fashion. That was very cathartic. Uh,
0: So, okay, uh, then uh gosh what's even more insensitive pop cultural references yeah, pop- <laughs> <All
2: right. laughs> yeah. well, okay you know like okay i heard all the sniffling all the sobbing i was definitely part of that we were on a and then that's the thing we to talk when about, we were screening
0: yeah. it this time yeah. like being with an audience screening yeah. it hearing all the sniffling like really made it harder for me yeah I agree with that. but anyway yeah. sorry yes
2: but out. no it was a group experience we mm-hmm. had here and i feel like um i don't know like as far as like Our own individual individual experiences. It's not only like characters that, for most of us, we had seen like through five years or however long we've been watching the episodes. So there's that connection. But I feel like a lot of us, personally, I mean, like Joss wrote this episode inspired by his own mother's funeral. Like we've all experienced, you know, friends, family members. Um, This past year I'll say for myself has been really tough because there's a lot of people I know who aren't going to drink fruit punch anymore so that was such a really tough uh, moment for me I mean it always has been but it takes on a new level of experience with you know anything personal that you have in your life so I will say there's that so I appreciate the levity and, app- yeah. and appropriateness that we've had here so um, I took notes on our uh, pop cultural references I think my favorite from this episode in the context of going through 2012 is Avengers got to get with the assembly. So thank you Xander. And mm-hmm. that was a great foreshadowing of for <laughs> Joss's future projects for that. It yes. was really good. Um, for Willow's dorm room, which I will personally say I thought was super cute, I think it was better than how it was decorated when she was sharing with Buffy last year. But um, yeah, is
5: that supposed to be the same room? I, I think thought those... so, but
2: it looks different. Like, no, I think the number is different. Now. It's two
5: thirteen again. I
2: think it's Terrace.
3: Like, no, but it's yeah. not Terrace. Room. It's not Terrace because no. yeah. she's like, "Is
2: it in your room?" So I think like Willow somehow has like a single dorm room, and we didn't discuss this, but because like it had a sink and theirs didn't have a sink, it had a fridge and like you know right. desk area and everything. So it's definitely different. But I thought very cutely decorated mm-hmm. but uh there's a poster in the background for string cheese incident which oh. i'm not familiar with but is a band and a real band so you and of course you know i think like going from dingoes ain't my baby of course willow would like a band called string cheese incident um <laughs> you saw a uh, rock the book Bo poster willow like string cheese. you don't think so
5: it's a jam band, yeah. jam yeah. band. You, know,
2: you never know like she could have been going through a dark time post oz <laughs> you know yeah. like, Maybe Tara likes it, and she's like, all right, I'll go for you, baby, and, you, know, you don't know. Yeah, it could be Tara's. Yeah, we had uh, Rock the Vote, which I think like was a big MTV thing, like, okay, young kids, get out and vote and you know, for the next president or whoever we were voting for at that time. Um, she had a Powerpuff Girls t-shirt, you know, speaking of clothes with stupid things on them as she was going through her closet, you saw a Powerpuff Girls t-shirt, so there is that um i don't have a website uh recommendation this week but i will say if you haven't seen the powerpuff episode meet the beatles which is basically like the bad guy group doing a beatles um like parody ripoff it is amazing so i used to watch this with the kids i sat for (laughs) yes and like they're just sitting there like whatever powerpuff girls episode which i didn't usually like i was in hysterics watching this episode and all the in jokes so highly recommended um i'll say like Purple being royal, I don't know if anybody else read Sweet Valley Twins back in the day, oh but my God. oh my yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Tara, you totally read this. You know the unicorns wear purple because purple's the color of royalty. I don't know how she knows this, but maybe she has a more erudite source than I do. But. Sweet Valley Twins. I'm d- deciding that that's where she got that knowledge. Yeah, we're
3: getting deep into it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
2: never, re- never read Sweet Valley. Twins. I Somehow missed that. No. Yeah, that's that's a shame. So. I ordered
3: that from Scholastic myself. Yeah. Thank you. Yes.
2: Oh, that was a- okay. Yes, from like Scholastic. Yeah, the like, Scholastic oh, came and the teacher
3: would give it out. And it was awesome yes,
2: yes. A yeah, you yeah. Want to to check it yeah. You yeah. Want to check it order like 500. I know. I, the same here. Yeah. Nerds. So, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Join the crowd. Exactly. Thank you. I don't- I feel so alone now. Like, also, like, even biatch, I guess yeah. that's kind of, like, dated as far as, yeah, pop culture. Yeah.
6: Was <laughs> that, that did Dawn that? say it? Yeah. yeah Dawn <laughs> said that, yes. <laughs> Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dawn.
2: Um, yeah, I don't know the little brown creature pillow that Willow had in her dorm room. Who I don't know if that's actually. It? I'm not actually sure what that so was. Topic. I don't, does anyone know? Was that, like, <laughs> what was that? I, was, I just thought it was so hot topic. It? Yeah. It it's very hot topic, I felt yeah. like it should have been something, and you know, was, they just thought, oh, this is quirky, Willow would habit so she did um yeah Santa Claus which is more just cultural culture rather than pop culture the fact that he's real and disembowels children so you know that was pretty good and yeah uh Statue and Darn's art class please people who are smarter than me know (laughs) what that was actually they were had to draw the negative space around oh
0: that's very freshman year of art school yeah I was actually quite impressed I was like Oh, God, I'm so annoyed I had to do that freshman year of art school when she's doing it. What is she, a sophomore in art class? Something like that. Yeah. yeah.
5: yeah, yeah. I didn't think design. she was doing all that great. I mean, Kevin said she was doing good, but I didn't think it was that great. He she was, was, trying was trying to get I think <laughs> it was outline. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: But I did think it was interesting when they like showed her
0: work, because at the end, like what was there was really just a body. So yes. the yeah. A body
5: yes.
3: mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah. yeah.
6: Exactly. Yeah. Well, I thought
4: so, the, the pose looked like...
1: Yeah,
3: I agree. I think it did look like Joyce. Yeah. I'm
6: always I,
4: thought, I always thought that, like, the position of her legs was, like, like, there, like to the side, like, yeah. Joyce. I also not. thought
3: that the teacher kind of looked like Joyce for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah,
1: like, I don't know, was that in one of the readings? Maybe. That I, was either in one that I suggested or one that I did read, but they comment on that, that, that the teacher looks like
3: Joyce. It's kind of, Yeah, it's kind of uncanny how much she looks yeah. like her.
2: But those were all my pop culture references. Anyone awesome. feel free to uh, add theirs. But
0: <laughs> I didn't see any Tito's. Yeah, no. Yeah, no Tito's in this episode. In this
2: episode. Yeah, um, yeah well, not even in the snack hall. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's move on to Buffy language. Lynn, I think that was your <laughs> Yeah, and that was so. me.
2: Um,
1: I didn't really take notes. Oh, okay. Um, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was a little preoccupied. Um, yeah, it's, but, it's your um, big assignment day. Yeah. Um, a few things, uh, a lot of the inflection of voices in this episode, um, the word mommy, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Anya's whole heart-wrenching emotional outburst that ends on the, the like, the why is, like, Oh, yeah, the upswit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all, like... Very childlike, and you're trying to understand. You don't understand. Um, and then lots of uh, like truncated staccato. Like I, don't, I can't think of an a exact example right now. But when they're not, when there's not an emotional outburst, the the talk is very. Um, Staccato. Like mm-hmm. I can, <laughs> I can really think of that, When, right when
3: she asks if she should make her warm, yeah, should I yeah. make her warm? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like each word has a period.
4: Yeah. When she says to Giles, like, come. She's in the house. Or yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Unless yeah. 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 unless it's like this release of emotion, none mm-hmm. of the characters seem to be able to ver to really speak in full sentences. Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: I thought um, going on your like why I think it was very interesting especially when you look at the two episodes we watched today for for love and the body and with uh, Anya's of course you know really so confused speech and even Willis saying we don't know why in a way like it really. It kind of carries through on the theme from the Fool for Love episode where, you know, Buffy wants to know how Spike beat them. And Spike's, you know, explanation is, you know, in a way it's like, I had a good day. And when yeah. we watch, especially like the Boxer Rebellion, uh, you know, killing, where it's kind of like she would have had him, but then there was the explosion and, like, she kind of loses her yeah, advantage in the fight. So in a way, like, even though I guess Spike knows it's like, I had a good day, it was just kind of like the chance of everything. I mean, who knows, like, maybe if Buffy had been there, like, she would have been able to, you know, 911 and Joyce, Joyce would have been saved maybe not so I think that kind of why and not really understanding carries through all of it mm-hmm. I think that under, not really understanding it's like why did Spike win it's like there's not really a great explanation for it it's just kind of the way things I want, happen Okay, <laughs> because Spike is awesome That's it. Spike <laughs> like, doesn't yeah.
5: fear death so he's the master of it.
2: Does he? <laughs> he fears the Slayer.
6: Yeah.
5: yeah. But like when he's fighting it was like when you saw the fight scene he has with Andrews yeah, he when doesn't, you saw the fight scene no he has, fear he's having he, fun there, Yeah there were yeah. Totally, seconds where he was going to get—he's st- st- clearly enjoying himself and does not bother well, to be upset th- by the idea that he might get staked. Do
2: you think it's the idea that like he's winning or he's fighting death in a way? It's like his his sure. death was when he felt more alive, and like he is pursuing the Slayer. Then, like everyone else is afraid of it, and he becomes obsessed with it. Is right. it because he wants to have that power over death again? It's like. I'm not going to be afraid. Or are you
5: saying he's I'm got his own death wish?
2: Maybe he does. Um, yeah, so. Spike's my character. <laughs> <about>. Oh, okay.
5: <laughs> <laughs> or, wait, are we going in? <laughs> no, go ahead.
2: Oh, Let's we go it. So, I'm okay. sorry, Well, like this I... I guess that I'll is a like, so. segue. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I I had Spike. Well, let, So we're going to get into character development. Um, so I had uh, Spike. Well, whatever. It just went to Spike. But I I, <laughs> I was going to like talk about Dawn first, but... I actually would rather talk, talk about want to Dawn talk about first. Dawn I I do I really actually because Dawn away. Dawn and Spike are, are connected a oh, lot yeah. through season five yeah, yeah, and yeah. into season six. So um and I, I and Spike actually is really important to Dawn's character in season five. Um so Dawn is brand new for season five. Uh we no one know knows <laughs> where she came from and uh and that was definitely I feel super interesting as far as testing the memory of people watching the show or whatever to just introduce this little sister right right off the bat where what and then do you think um, there were
5: people watching who were like holy shit I didn't know actually a sister.
0: I I have like <laughs> I, I have read some fan reactions to it where where it's not like this like they're <laughs> like you you obviously catch on eventually but for the first like ten fifteen minutes like or some of that happening you're kind of like wait a minute, because it's been a whole summer since I watched the season finale from season four. Did I miss something? or like, did, I Am I supposed that, to know so. something? Well, no, because they don't really go, What? That Dawn's just there. There's no explanation. She's remember, just there.
3: I remember watching uh, the fifth season premiere with my brother and when they get to the end and Dawn appears, he said, I don't, oh, I forgot that she had a sister. <laughs> and I said, she doesn't.
0: <laughs> well, I just think it's, funny for tv because like you do forget a lot like over summer or whatever like i mean re- and recently i was i'm into well i don't know if i'm into it hemlock grove i was into se- seasons one and two and the season three just came out and i watched the season premiere yesterday and i was like wait what the fuck is going on <laughs> i was like i literally do because that it's like, like just so much and I, I like that the the show just like slammed on right onto us and, and yeah. really tested like our own memories in that sort of way, which is you know she's a memory. That's essentially what she is. Like she's a memory implanted in everyone's mind. She's not real um but also, which is that's, really cruel to TV say yeah. that's so cruel i that, just told don that Mariel, is also a, a fairly described. common yeah. tv
5: trope though so yeah. like let's bring in a new character to spice things up yeah and i yes. feel like joss whedon who loves to fuck with fans yeah. this was all like let's do this but like in a way no one else has done it and just throw it the fuck it, in there and exactly watch exactly and shows but right. for the writers
0: to back themselves up They're writing chops up to be like, uh, not that they were being total assholes because there was a lot of foreshadowing of Dawn that was, that she was coming And, and seasons three and four, there's foreshadowing dreams that Buffy has, um, of Dawn's arriving, um, which you would never even know at all from them, but whatever they're there. Um, so, but basically what is Dawn? Dawn is a key. Uh, she's the key of mystical power. Of living en- energy that shatters the veil of all dimensions, bringing about hell hells on earth. So she she uh, if you, basically through the the ritual, which we meet our big bad this season, Glory, um, bleeding Dawn, her blood opens up the porthole um, where all dimensions the the veil is lifted and all dimensions merge together, which creates complete chaos. She's uh, also an
5: annoying tween. She yes. is
0: but and and here's my other thing to uh, to kind of like stick up for dawn i I have to say when we meet Buffy and the Scooby gang season one se- maybe season one they're most like teenagers that we can relate to but clearly they're sophisticated looking they're older looking they they're cool and smart and funny. And what I like about Dawn is she really is that awkward teenager and she is annoying. She whines very well. Like yeah. she, yeah. like, and, and I also think like she looks her age. Mm-hmm. So she's very sure. realistically the baby's sister teenager. So if you're affected by her being annoying or whatever, like that's, that's how you were her, when you were a that's teenager. Her doing like, her job well actually, She's doing her, like her job well, like, and, um, and in that way, too, like, and, and to create this kind of the, the beginning of the sister bond is, is through that annoyance, the way she annoys Buffy. Like, it's negative, but it's actually how Buffy is first bonded with Dawn before, like, she has to make a decision to give up her life for her. Um, but in any case, um, so Dawn was made human by Czech monks uh, from the Order of the Dragon, And they were originally trying to use her or it, the powerful force um, of the key to good use, but then Glory, uh, you know, changed all their plans because she was all the wiser and wanted to get the key, obviously to unlock the dimensions because Glory was, I don't, Glory was, what she was banned from her dimension, mm-hmm. right. she and she's a god, and she was banned from her dimension. So and she's she had like two to,
5: partners. There were three of them. Yeah. She yeah. started to get more powerful. The other two got jealous and worried, and ended up knocking her down and banishing her in Earth in bed. Um,
0: right. So she's trying to lift the veil so she can get back to her dimension, um, and she doesn't really care that it's going to create complete chaos. Um, but in any case, so. Uh, the, the way that we are uh, are first introduced to that dawn is the key is through mental mentally ill patients um, some of them who have been sucked dry from glory herself that that's like an after effect of her feeding on your soul I guess that's what that she's doing yeah <laughs> um, and uh, And also, Joyce temporarily um, sees Dawn uh, for what she is, because of the brain tumor. Um, Momentarily, she's able to see that Dawn is like a ball of green energy. Um, So Dawn first discovers her mystical origin on Buffy's birthday, which I found was kind of poetic, poignant, whatever. and it's also the same time. She finds out pretty much the same time as the Scooby gang. So the first people in on it are Joyce, Giles, and Buffy that they know that she's the key um, and needs to be protected. And then later, um, everyone's in on it. So uh, and, and upon learning about this, she also turns to other teenage, very teenage Real things um, to deal with it, which is through cutting herself. She runs away from home, and she begins shoplifting. And actually, that first bout of rebellion, she's she goes is how she learns about her mystical origin. And um, I think it's really funny that Spike helps her break into the magic shop, and is the <laughs> one who like ends up reading Giles Giles' little watcher diary to her, and they discover that she's the key. So, basically, as a little sister, some things that, um, some character things for Dawn, uh, she's always barging into Buffy's room. She's trying to fit in with Buffy's friends all the time, which is obnoxious to even watch. She has <laughs> a huge, she has a huge crush on Xander. Um, uh, she feels like she lives in Buffy's shadow, which is a very realistic, um, you know, thing for her. I also, one Dawn Buffy little sister, big sister moment I like is when Dawn taunts Buffy about how when Glory first, when Dawn actually sees Glory when she comes to the house and Glory doesn't know that Dawn's the key and um, and Dawn knows that Glory is somewhat of a threat but she doesn't know the whole story or anything but her way to taunt Buffy is to say that uh, that Glory was prettier than You were just upset her. somebody yeah. prettier than you was in the room. Yeah, <laughs> and um, which I thought was like really... Excellent. So basically, uh, oh, and um, Dawn's nicknames are what given to her a lot. There's two from Spike. She's called Niblet or a little bit. Donnie um, is Willow calls her Donnie. Glory calls her Donnie. And Joyce's nickname for Dawn is Pumpkin Belly, (laughs) which Buffy is really jealous about for some reason. Um, And... But, yeah, and also I concluded, like, excellent whiner, excellent screamer. I, I you know, commend her for being so good at screaming and whining. I think it's it's a credit to her acting abilities. And um, Michelle Trachtenberg. I, I can't Trakenberg. say that. Trappenberg. Cre- I think she's a wonderful actress and does a great job as Dawn. Um, does Dawn have friends? That's how I ended it. And <laughs> <laughs> ended my Dawn because, like, we she has... I think that's the most shallow part of her character is that, like... I guess, how many people can you bring into the fold? But a lot of her her high school life, her friends and, and stuff... And maybe that's... Like, it's not... Maybe that was just
5: an afterthought of, like, we we don't need more regular characters yeah. in the show. And that so would be a whole show. just switching up her friends.
0: Yeah. Um, but, and... I mean, I could, from here, go into Spike. Yeah. Um, So basically, Spike's main role uh, that's reoccurring throughout season five. First off, season five is when he first realizes that he is in love with Buffy, or what he considers love. Um, And he in is trying, like in some ways, is redeemed through season five through Buffy's eyes as Dawn's babysitter. Because when Buffy realizes that Dawn's the key. She needs all the superhero power around her to protect Dawn, and Buffy kind of like she is aware of Spike's feelings for her, and definitely uses him, that to um, to her advantage. Um, and is Spike proves himself to Buffy through protecting Dawn when Glory tortures him nearly, well, to death. He's already dead to dead death. Yes whatever uh and it is in that moment where buffy and spike have their first on-screen kiss in real life because there's definitely there's some fantasies that happen in season five well
5: there's yeah. also the wishing uh, yeah
3: what? oh yeah.
0: that's right when they're when they're matter. married when they get when married yeah. yeah there's that one yeah. um but that doesn't count it's Oh, but then technically, once more with feeling, that's a spell too, right? Yeah. I don't well, think I don't know. so know. That's, no, that's you know, next week. This yeah. yeah, it's next, next week. week. But I i feel like the re- the most sincere kiss happens when Buffy is yeah, pretending definitely. to be the Buffy bot and comes in and, and gets Spike to it to make sure that Spike didn't rat on Don, yeah. like Don being the key, and that's their first real kiss. But... Um, so, but I think Spike's first realization um, of his love for Buffy is also it's his own it's it's it is resembles his own inner conflict because he has the chip in his head and he is part demon. He, he he's part like that. He's supposed to be eating people. He's he's a murderer and like and doing bad things. But he's he's got the trigger with the chip, and it's a conflict for him. And I think that problem is a part of like why he he like questions his attraction to, to Buffy and considers it to be love. Um, and some of his like sick little sex, sexual fantasies that I enjoy <laughs> in season five, I love when he role plays with Harmony and yeah. he has Harmony dress up as a Slayer. That's a good one. Um, the Buffy bot is like really disturbing. When he gets the yeah. Buffy, he has Warren make a Buffy robot for him to have sex with. It's it's just, that it's disturbing to me. Um, and Everything
3: involving Warren is disturbing, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
0: also, we all like Riley. Riley, we hate him. Well, thank you, Spike, for revealing that Riley was getting sucked off in the vampire house. Yeah. Whoa! But,
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was.
0: He was getting <laughs> yeah. sucked off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, we could thank Spike for revealing that, even though that was actually like. That like, that just, just describes how, it like, was... shallow and creepy yeah. Spike yeah. is in actuality because of him doing that. Um, and, yeah, so basically, but in the end, so he fails Buffy because he was the last to stand between uh, Dawn and the Doc at <laughs> the season finale of The Gift, and um, he gets pushed off the, what is that tower? The psycho-built... Yeah, they built the
5: tower because that's where they had to let the blood drop to get the thing.
0: Very well built. So, Spike, season five, poet, tortured lover, and anti-hero.
5: And (laughs) this is a perfect transition to Doc.
6: Doc. Because
5: I wanted to talk about Doc. We didn't actually see Doc in either of these episodes. Doc 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 is the guy who... Is the one cutting Dawn at the end? He is somebody who worships Chloe. He's played by He's, Joel Gray. Joel Gray. Is he that
0: guy that like is like the demon
1: guy
5: with the curly hair that's like to hear? No no, 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 So Doc is this older, like just tiny little guy with glasses, who Spike brings Dawn to for the spell to get her mom back. Um, and it's one of those. First off, it's Joel Gray, and if you do not know who Joel Gray is. Um, He was the original Master of Ceremonies in Cabaret. He's got Tonys and Oscars. Um, He's like super serious, A1, rock star actor. He's Jennifer Grey's dad, if that helps. Mm No, no. That doesn't <laughs> no, help you. That doesn't <laughs> help you with that. It. Like, it's one <laughs> <laughs> You can uh, uh, It's one of those situations where like you, we get lots of decent actors on this show and they come in and they do mm-hmm. a thing. But like they got Joel Gray to come in and make that character so fucking Memorable. Memorable, memorable and creepy. Yeah. creepy yeah. Well, but was, also like he's yeah. he's such like a grandpa figure in the first like you totally think he like really cares about yeah. her and it's yeah. like it was just like i would I what's love... the song though
0: that he's humming it's like from it's little red riding it's like the wolf in little red riding hood oh i don't remember the song I don't yeah, remember it It's It's that really bothers me because when it's like he is grandfatherly or whatever but when he starts like humming that fairy tale yeah. song which is about hunting children and it's like really creepy Hmm. And then but that's when you realize there's a second part. That's when you, yeah. the first cue that there's... This well, there's a, also the tail. The duel. Well, yeah. that's yeah, what yeah, I mean. <laughs> but the tail, song is, like the song of a is, is, thing. The, first, is yeah. the first one. But,
5: but that's, I, I love that you get this like top level, like tier one level actor to come in and do this small part. Yeah. And like totally home run it in such a way that it you kind of, you wished he was in the show more just to watch him do that more. Be that creepy, be that, you know. It was a totally amazing
3: character. Anyway. And he comes in at a very vulnerable moment, not just for Dawn but for the audience itself. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he is in the next episode, right after the body. Right. You know, when we're like, yeah, please, and give he, us you, anything to help right, this Right, you think situation. he is. He's that grandfatherly, yeah.
5: protecting like he's this nice little old man yeah. who's going to do these things which makes it that much more horrible when you find out that oh no 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 he's a back yeah, <laughs> yeah
3: really bad
5: Yeah.
0: how does he even push spike off i was always like really
5: i think he just oh he's a rises. demon
6: yeah. Yeah. I, I, was, I know
5: he's a demon but like I, spike bites demons all the time but he, but he's also he's clearly very fierce i think part of this was you don't see it coming. Yeah. Maybe it's his tail. Like, and his tongue. That's what it was. Right. Like, there's, like, oh, he yeah. is, he, he clearly has, you know, extra demon speed and powers yeah, and things. Yeah, um, And sp- you don't see that coming from this character. Yeah. Like, yeah. Spike is completely caught off guard yep. by that. So, yeah. I just loved that character. Mm-hmm. I, it's amazing that they got Joel Grey to do that. Yeah. Like, I guess he must have been bored and had some extra time yeah. or something. Yes. Yeah. just walking around. Need more money. <laughs> so, um, you what need other character Giles. Oh my other character was Giles, but yeah. Giles is a quick one. This is the this is the season where we're starting to phase Giles out. It's very clear. Mm-hmm. Because he's not really making the plans so much anymore. He's not really calling the shots. He's there in a support capacity. He's there to help, you know, in the body situation. He's gonna be the guy that is, is helping like take care of things and you know, he's he's kind of doing the magic shop, but you're kind of pushing him out of the Scooby gang and putting him more on the like sideline character situation um, and and you almost like kind of forget that he is useful in a way until he goes all fucking badass and kills Ben yeah. at the end and he's like he's giving that speech he's like are you okay yeah. and you think oh he's going to help Ben all of a sudden he like started explaining, like, no, Buffy's a hero. She couldn't possibly do that. She's not like us. And you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Boy <laughs> <laughs> well, shit! that's also,
0: like, a very interesting, like, I mean, is that's, like, an anti-hero kind of, like, sentiment there. But, like, in the same situation, it makes you, would you do the same thing? Like, he, is it so evil that he did that? That's something that had to happen. Well, whether is or not he, it's
3: evil, it's definitely against Buffy's rules. And I think yeah. that that's the first time to really get a clear definition of Buffy's rules. Because she's, you know, beating Glory to death with a hammer, has no qualms yeah. about that, yeah. might even be kind of enjoying it, and won't kill Ben. And that comes into play, really gets strengthened in season six when, you know, things happen and we, we need a clear definition of the rules to figure out why this thing with Willow is such a problem.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think that, that that moment is when we get a, that clear definition well, I mean, argument, but, we, but
5: we also yeah. start to get that with the Giles Buffy arguing over what to do about Dawn. Yeah, that's and, uh, true. Things are, And he says, like, it's my job to protect this world. I made that my job. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. And Buffy says, you're going to have to fight <laughs> me to try. And, like, and he says, I know. He doesn't say, okay, I won't do it. He says, I know. Yeah. yeah. And like, he's resigned to, like, I might have to fucking do this thing that you are not going to like or have be, you know, let me do. Yeah. But
3: all of a sudden Badass Giles is back it's true Ripper, Ripper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back.
6: yeah
3: and we see oh. him earlier in the season 2 when he uh, when he tells Spike to move on oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we're not your friends we're not your way to Buffy yeah There is. if I want approach.
0: your opinion no wait I'll never, I'll never <laughs> want your opinion <laughs> that's season 6 sorry anyway um, okay well, who, what other characters that we have picked out picked out for this yeah, wants well, to go next?
2: Yeah. I don't know if we can Russell. Well, you've got Gloria. I've got Tara. So. You can <laughs> do Tara. You okay, do Tara. Yeah, Tara's a little bit, uh, in the same way, kind of like Giles quicker, but she, we are seeing more of uh, her progression into the Scooby gang, being part of uh, the crew. She's gone from a character who can like literally barely get a sentence out in Hush and not, and even before her voice is stolen. They can <laughs> you know, honestly. So, uh, and uh, it's very insecure. It's funny though, and uh, when we had uh, Amber, who very graciously agreed to be putting her appearance as our Q&A, mm-hmm. I was really surprised when we had given her the question that you know what was Tara doing in her senior year of high school and she said like I think she's just a wallflower and she's always in her room and in a way yeah you could see that because I mean again barely could put a sentence together and speak up for herself or anyone else in the Wicca group but I always thought that um, and I will say in retrospect, especially like as you know the years have gone on, um, I think like they've been a bit binary sometimes in the definition of Willow's sexuality. But I always felt like Tara knew like her sexuality. It wasn't necessarily like I met Willow. I'm like, oh my God, what are these feelings I'm having? It kind of felt like she already like knew or had been out in some capacity or had. I had, a I had always I had always thought that. Yeah. Way too. So I was really surprised when she was like, oh, she was a wallflower, and I was like, I never thought Willow was her first relationship. So that was interesting to maybe mm-hmm. get that perspective. I, I but, still yeah.
5: thought Willow might have been her first relationship. But yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean she didn't know that she was attracted to women. Fair yeah, enough. Charity. Yeah, fair
2: enough. Yeah. So okay. there was that. So we definitely see, you know, her grow more like literally in her own voice, in her own standing. Um, with the body episode, she was a great source of strength for Willow and for Buffy as well. It was mm-hmm. an experience she'd had for herself. She knew, you know, Buffy and her friends and her family to a certain extent, but it wasn't the same as it was for Willow and for Xander. And even, like, Anya, I thought that was a really interesting scene, like, when they first come into the dorm room and Willow and Xander hug, and obviously, you know, their friends, they know Joyce on such a different level than, like, Anya and Tara do, her just kind of, like, standing there awkwardly, like, they don't even, like, hug each other. They're just kind of like, okay, like, they're really there. It's, like, the girlfriends who are there for support for their respective partners, um... And uh, Tara, I think, kind of continues that role even through season six. She's become like more of a maternal figure, as much as the body is a mark mm-hmm. for the episode. Where Buffy has to stand up and be more of an adult and raise Dawn, I feel like Tara definitely takes on a role in Dawn's life as well. Um, and is I think really probably has like the best partners, maybe Adams, yeah, like Rachel, yes. like, yes. to yeah. you know Tara's, Tara. Come on, yes. Why man. didn't we pick Tara? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I so, so I was like, you know. Well, you got good taste in significant others. I'll give you that. And um, well, there's for, Kennedy, though. That's true. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's mourning. She's rebounding. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like yeah. That's a, yeah. We will. We will not speak of her. But <laughs>
6: yeah. I mean, she's but hot.
2: Prior to that, yeah. You know, it's the thing. We all have like that physical thing. You know, Buffy's got Spike, and we can argue like what, how much of that's the love lust thing. But you know, we, we're, we're gonna all get right. there. We're gonna get there. But, yeah but yeah so um and i think uh then of course we have like the loss of tara in a way when her you know mind and mental capacity gets stolen by glory later um for me like seeing that episode it was super crazy and intense when glory is like you know threatening her and breaking her hand and glory's speech to her about what is she going to do to her and take all of her faculties away it was in a way like a really good metaphor for almost like depression or any kind of like mental illness um that Mm -hmm. you experience just being lost in that wasteland and not really being able to function as much as you would want to or be able to. So. You thought that scene
5: was a commercial for Zoloft? I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> also <laughs> so, foreshadowing to Buffy's yes. depression in season six. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: Because I know like Joss has been like much more clear. Like, yeah, season six, this is Buffy's depression and stuff. Like Tara was definitely even like I think a level below that. Just like you know, almost at the point where she was in a childlike state and they're, like, okay, I'm just wearing pajamas all the time now. So I think. Um, I feel experience. bad for yeah. her
0: character. How annoying she is! Mentally ill. Yeah. She. I mean, I feel <laughs> like bad even saying that. Yeah. But like, when her in those episodes like drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like,
2: in a way, I could say like, um,
0: as for an yeah. acting too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think her acting crazy was very good. Mm-hmm. I should have asked her that question. The there you <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> I like,
5: know, okay, that, you guys get at me. You get at me. Do, <laughs> and it's also like, a lot of that would rely on the writers to write it. Well. Yeah. That's so. true. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Willow saves her.
2: She does, and she will always find her. She got so lost, and Willow will always find yeah. Tara, so... you know that? yeah,
3: <laughs> like, that sweet?
2: Isn't it, though? And then next yes. year, we have your shirt, so, you know. That yeah, that's just the worst. It does us To be continued. So, Glory, Yeah, who did this to Glory! Tara, oh, to my David, God. Yeah.
3: So, Glory is, like, you know, I've been watching um, I've been watching Dynasty, and... <laughs> <laughs> really? Glory is definitely the Alexis of this show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Glory is... Glo- I love hating Glory. She's my favorite Buffy villain, because I, I just unabashedly hate her. Like, everything that she does, she's completely... She's completely self-centered. She's completely evil to an apocalyptic level. Uh, it's true that she has these, like, Ben things in her brain that are making her, like, not... But whatever. She's horrible. She's, yeah. and, and it's great. It really works in this season because she's the, the perfect hurdle. She's the insurmountable hurdle for Buffy. You know, because she's a god, which Buffy doesn't really deal with. No. Like, she doesn't know about God. The jury's still out on that. And she will come at you through your family. You know, which Buffy... She's really great at handling stuff that doesn't involve her family, but with her family, yeah. You know, yeah. and, and it's, a, it's a huge threat. Um, and we've got Buffy kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind, it kind of comes to a head, like when, when um, in the way of the world. That's right, where, where Buffy kind of, she goes cat- catatonic and she kind of admits, I know that Glory's going to win. You know, it's, it's not, Buffy kind of like crosses this boundary where she's just sure of it. Um, but then on the other hand, we've got Willow, and Glory kind of gives Willow this opportunity to grow. So that, that's kind of what, what, what really impressed me about <laughs> Glory is that she, she interacts with other characters. She doesn't really grow on it that much in season five. She's just bad all the way through, but she allows other characters to grow. So I was thinking about Willow like shipping away at Glory three specific times in the, in this season and how that kind of like moves Buffy from glory's going to win to we're not all going to make it which is not as fatalistic and more accurate but still pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> but Willow I mean so when Willow faces off of Faith in season 3 she kind of moves from like Robin to Nightwing but like <laughs> but I don't she, get it <laughs> He's too good. I need to watch so it. Nerd. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. But when she faces off with Glory, she earns the Big Gun title, mm-hmm. yeah. which she keeps for the rest of the series. Um, and she and is, Buffy tells her, yeah. and she does. She 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 gives her that mantle, Big Gun. Um, and she hurts Glory three times when Buffy can, when when she transports her into the air, when she um zaps her after the whole mind suck thing, and at the end in the last, the season finale, when she sucks Tara's brain back out of her. Um, and I think it kind of, sh- I think Glory kind of helps with the shifting the power dynamic of making Willow sh- really, really strong and therefore able to carry Buffy out of this hole that she falls into in the way of the world. And able to. Ooh, defeat.
5: but also setting her up to be the next big bad. Well, true. To be continued. We get I a little just, bit that of a just hit <laughs> me now. Like, fucking Glory <laughs> basically set this up for Willow Again? to be the next big bad. Yeah. She so put her at the god Goddamn Glory! Yeah. She's, She's the funny. worst.
6: Yeah.
3: But I love it. I mean, the mayor's still the, the
5: best bad guy. But, but, but Glory's yeah. pretty good. I, yeah. I realize that. I,
0: I love that scene with Glory in the bathtub and her minions all oh, around. Oh, yeah. Again. They're like <laughs> serving her mimosas. I was like, this is the best <laughs> bad guy ever. Yeah. I love it.
2: <laughs> I feel like, you know, if we were all super villains, like we would probably have similar, you know, fantasies yes. or life goals, you know, oh, like I didn't a that. bath and mimosas. <laughs> 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 and lots of people willing to provide that for me. so. But they'd be cuter if like, my yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well you can't pick yeah. your
0: minions. They pick you. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: true. But yeah, I, I, I always loved seeing Lori and, and and just gritting my teeth at her. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved when she died. Yeah. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was a very cathartic experience. Mm-hmm. Even though it didn't quite do the trick. It yeah. still didn't save the situation. Killing Lori didn't mm-hmm. fix the situation because mm-hmm. of Doc.
2: Yes. Goddamn Doc.
3: Goddamn Doc. Shallow <laughs> so that's my glory.
2: Yeah.
0: Awesome, Then Who did you have? Did I had Xander. Xander, which I touched
1: on a little bit in so, my talk. Did he stop being a butt monkey? I, th- yeah. I mean, I think he'll <laughs> always have moments of being a butt monkey. <laughs> yeah. but Once a butt I monkey. I mean, he's a butt monkey. You know, he's he's a guy. He's yeah. a dude. Whatever. I thought- um, but I think i think my favorite moment in season five with xander is the replacement where he's literally split in two and you have like the absolute like worst like bumbling inept side of xander that has no um self-confidence just believes he's an idiot and bumbles through life Seeing the, uh, this other side of him that is actually making headway in life. He, Xander himself, did well at the construction job. He gets a promotion. He has a love. You know, like he has all this stuff, and it takes this demon splitting him in two and his one side seeing his other side to like build this self confidence. It's true. Um and I think that's yeah. a really key moment. I mean,
0: um Does he get his apartment in season five? Or is that season six? I think season five. No, was it was a, Season, it was a season five.
1: five. Yeah.
2: That it's that episode when it he gets that Oh because, that's right. That's the apartment. Yeah. yeah. And know. Uh, like, but like, could we even have ourselves a shirt Xander without the one who does the Snoopy dance
6: every day? <laughs> I mean, yeah, That's the mean, thing. Like, he has to, like, be tempered dance. by that. They yeah, really as much do. as, like,
2: the other one was just, like, a mess and disgusting and, like, falling all over himself. It was, like, there was still, like, well, a lot and of that, I mean, the great thing about yes. that episode
1: like, is by the end, the two halves of Xander, yes. like, become almost identical yeah. before mm-hmm. they're fused back together.
2: Yes. And played by Nicholas Brendan's real-life twin, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> Really um, twins, yeah. Yes, that
1: mm-hmm. to me that was like the key moment in season five for Xander, and then you just see him growing as you know what he ends up in in season seven as like the eyes and the heart of the Scooby Gang. The eyes. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Just eye, Sorry. singular. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. only <laughs> yeah. one that, that doesn't Colony, have as a any pirate. superpowers <laughs> or. or you know, special skills. I love his speech It seems like by that, by that yeah. time, he uh, has lost all his fake military training memory. Yeah. Um, but he really does become this like source of strength and heart to the whole group. And I feel like that season five is really where that's generating
6: from. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I guess that concludes like our character development. Did we forget yeah. anything? Did, anybody want to so talk about a character? Yeah. A you guys character, good. Um, I think mean, we talked
5: them all out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: yeah. Um, well, thank you everyone for joining us for season five. Um, in conclusion, yay. Yeah. Yay.
6: Um,
2: so we have singing next week, right? Um, what's that? We have singing next week. They're singing, They're singing next the week. <laughs> <to> <along. laughs>
0: absolutely Uh, (laughs) yeah you can sing along um uh, there's yeah i mean buffy says so so right exactly um and so yeah next week i actually i can't remember all them i know i know this is horrible we're doing season six and seven um the lecturer is going to be kate craxton uh the episode we're doing once more with feeling from season six and then season seven conversations with dead people but i forget like the uh, oh (laughs) villains it was villains oh yeah but that's season six, Villains?
3: Season six is Villains, so okay, we're doing two cool. from six. Oh,
0: that makes me feel better. Because yeah, for a second so I was like, seven. oh, season oh, seven, god. Yeah. <laughs> but Conversations with Dead People is like an excellent episode from season seven, BTW. So um, and yeah, and then we'll be, our roundtable. table, we'll be able, we'll be talking about both season six and seven. So it should be fun. Uh, and it's the last one. Oh my goodness, I'm so sad. Very last one next weekend. Um, and yeah, so eloquent endings. Yay. Bye. (laughs) Um, thanks. Thanks everyone. Thank Thank
6: you.